Well, hey, everybody. Hey, great to have you here. It's uh, Boo episode number 13 for Monday, September 21, year of our Lord 2020. And you found it. You're the Voo crew. You're listening. And this is Woody Cumbie, your host for the unparalleled blend of coffee, current events, faith, and FSU football, all in about 20 minutes right here on VU, the voice of one. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on board today. We have a great lineup, just two segments, really. The Red Barrage and Looping Curve. Yeah, that's coming up in just a few moments. But hey, thanks so much for listening in to the VUcast, and I hope that you'll share it with someone to listen to. Just share it with somebody. Easy on Facebook, put in Dark Roast VU in the search engine, takes you to the VUcast Facebook page. People can link from there. But maybe you're listening to it on Spotify. Maybe you're on Google Play. Maybe you're on Overcast or Anchor or a particular platform. Just share it right from your platform and help people listen in to VU. All right, folks. Uh, Hey, before we get to our our segments for today, I have to tell you, this is hate week. (laughs) I know, man. It is so politically incorrect. I don't know how it can survive. Hate week. I mean, I I, really, seriously, there's going to be a generation that says they just can't do it. But I can tell you that for decades and decades, this week that Florida State plays the University of Miami Hurricanes, that's known in Tallahassee as hate week. Now, not to be confused with a team that we loathe, that's the Florida Gators. No, no, no. There's, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the only one team is loathe-worthy, and that's the Florida Gators. But, but uh, the hate week, that's reserved for the Miami Hurricanes. And this week, uh, Miami will be hosting Florida State on, uh, on Saturday night, and the Hurricanes open as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over your Florida State Seminoles. And the Seminoles take yet another hit when their head coach on Friday tests positive for (laughs) COVID-19. That's right, man. The hits just keep on coming. So the coach who feels fine and is doing press interviews today by Zoom, he feels fine. Nevertheless, by, by all the protocols, he's quarantined for at least the next 10 days and would have to test uh, negative and have no symptoms and all that stuff in order to come back, meaning he might be able to Zoom into some coaches' meetings and talk with some of his players by, by Zoom, but he can't be there physically for practice, and he can't be at the game on the sideline. Only the, and this, is, this is a brand-new staff, brand-new coach. And so they've had to name a, uh, an interim head coach, a guy who, who is literally in his second game at FSU, so, I mean, the hits keep on coming. So, anyway, prayers appreciated. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of uh, football, I'm not a huge NFL football fan. I, 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 watch, I mean, I keep up, I listened to a little bit yesterday, of the Colts, mainly to be in the conversation. But I pretty much spend myself on college football on Saturday and don't have much bandwidth left on Sundays for NFL football. But... Uh, I can tell you this, the one minute, the one minute I dedicated to watching NFL football was one minute more than I spent watching the NBA playoffs. (laughs) It's true. All right. So, uh, but in NFL news, uh, boy, the Atlanta Falcons made news that only the Atlanta Falcons can make. I mean, this is, this is 
peak Atlanta sports. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons made NFL history on Sunday, according to what I read. And this is a tweet by Bryant McFadden. He's an analyst for CBS, has a podcast. Back in the day, he played corner, cornerback at Florida State University. He's a former Seminole. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, won two Super Bowl rings playing for the Steelers. Anyway, he's an analyst now, and uh, he tweeted this out yesterday. He said, before today's Falcon-Dallas game, right, the Falcons played at the Dallas Cowboys, and they had this huge lead. They led the entire game. In fact, in fact, the, the Dallas Cowboys never led until there was no time on the clock. <laughs> they literally kicked – Dallas Cowboys literally kicked a field goal and as the clock went to 0 the ball went through the goalpost, and the Cowboys won 40-39. to So with that as the background, here's what Bryant McFadden said. He said, before today's Falcons-Dallas game, if you scored 39 points and had no turnovers, those teams were 440-0, and meaning this had happened 440 times in the past. An NFL team scored 39 points and had no turnovers. And in all 449 cases, that team won. Until yesterday, (laughs) when the Falcons, he tweeted, ruined that undefeated record. Wow. (laughs) As only an Atlanta franchise can. An amazing, amazing thing. All right, well, just a moment. We're going to get to Red Mirage and Looping Curve. But first, some, uh, well, a good cup of coffee, actually. But here's the main thing. With this good cup of coffee, I am consuming a chocolate cake bite. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm not sure what it's actually called. But I want you to envision like a donut hole with uh, chocolate cake icing all the way around it. Now, not like gooey icing that would come off on your, on your, on your fingers, like hardened up just a little bit, but the same, same basic idea. And so this uh, chocolate cake bite, I'm calling it, is, it comes from, from Chris's Kitchen in Zionsville, in Indiana. And uh, Chris's Kitchen, uh, really a stellar kitchen, but only serves private parties, right? Not open to the public. But I can tell you that Chris's Kitchen does the desserts like none other, like none other, like this chocolate bite right here, just absolutely incredible. Chocolate cake is incredible. Uh, chocolate pie, apple pie, uh, banana cake, uh, pound cake. I mean, the desserts are just out of this world from Chris's Kitchen, but available only to private parties and, uh, and very, very, very expensive and can only be reserved uh, through an email to vucast at yahoo.com. And we'll try to negotiate uh, for you if you want like a chocolate cake or something, but it will be very expensive because it's a very exclusive place, but it's worth every, every cent. Anyway, thanks so much for uh, Chris's Kitchen providing this, this cake bite, and uh, it is <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. All right, I'm going to have one more, one more uh, sip of the Voo Approved coffee and, and uh, a bite of this uh, coffee, uh, excuse me, of this uh, chocolate bite and chocolate cake bite and... Then we'll be back for Red Mirage and Looping Curve. Hang on. Don't go anywhere. Here we go. 
Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm telling you, that chocolate cake bite is incredible. Whoa. Uh, hey, here's some coffee. Hold on. Wash it down. By the way, they've just released a new, Chris's Kitchen has just released a new chocolate cake bite diet, a diet using this, uh, this very recipe. Man, this is delicious. And what you do is you have one of these chocolate cake bites a week, and that's all. <laughs> all right, folks. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Segment number one which is Red Mirage, Red Mirage. Now, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Red Mirage. Now, this is what, uh, this is what folks in the Democrat, the left-wing world, are calling what might happen on election night. Because, see, here, here's what's happened. Can I help you? Here's what's happened. The, the, the COVID-19 uh, scare, the hype, the fear, the anxiety has been latched onto primarily by the political left. They listen to the, the very outlets that have most hyped the fear and the danger. Now, wait, I'm not trying to say that there's not a real danger with COVID-19, and we certainly are aware of that. But, but just, li just, just listen to me. Work with me on this. Here's what's happened. Those people who've taken in the full dose of the fear and panic, these are the people who drive down the interstate highway with a mask on in their car. They're in their car on an interstate highway, and it's one person in the car, and they have a mask on. It's that person, right, who has been out of their house, by the way, twice in the last six months because they're scared to death. They bought every single thing, that, and so they are scared to death. Well, guess what? That that it it dawned on it dawned on the Democrats and the left uh, a few weeks ago, that uh, a couple months ago, that hey, our voters aren't going to go to the polls. What's going to happen? Our our people, we've scared them to death. They they took everything we had to say. They're scared to death. They're bunkered in their house. They they've bought a new UV light for their uh, their their duct system. They're scared to death. They they've got a mask with a filter. And, and, I mean, they've got the whole thing, right? So they're scared to death. They're not going to go to the polls. What are we going to do? Our voters aren't going to go to the polls. Well, thus the push for mail-in voting. They had to do it. They had to do it. It's the only way they can get votes because their voters are too scared to go out. They, 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 won't, they won't walk on a trail, on the Appalachian Trail, for fear of, of walking past somebody and getting COVID. So they're not going to go to the polls. And so the, the, the left is like, oh, man, what, are we, what in the world are we going to do? Well, the only thing to do is have them mail in their votes. That's the ticket. We'll have them mail in the votes. And, oh, by the way, um, we can harvest votes that way. That's a whole, I mean, once it dawned on them, it's like, oh, man, this is a gold mine for us because we can just manufacture all kind of votes through this mail-in voting process. We got this thing down to a science. Well, uh, so, back to Red Mirage. So, um, I mentioned before to you a group called Hawkfish, who is a, a Democrat, um, like polling and analytic, uh, voting analytic, analytics type firm, and they, they're very good at what they do. And I think I mentioned to you before an article that was on Axios, where the headline from 
from Mar- Margaret Tellev was Democrat group warns of apparent Trump election day landslide. Now, so here's what here's what they're saying. They're saying, look, the Democrats aren't going to go to the f- polls. They're going to mail in their ballots. The Republicans, by and large, are going to actually physically go to the polls and register their vote on November 3rd at the voting machine. So what's going to happen? On the night of November 3rd, all of those votes in voting machines will be counted. And all of those votes that have come in in the mail, and by the way, lawsuits have allowed uh, for the elections office to allow another two days or three days or four days or however long to wait to see if something comes in the mail. And so counting those mail-in ballots is going to take days. So thus, the, what, what they're calling the red mirage. On the night of the election, when you look at that map, it's going to be red. Why? Because the Republicans went to the polls and voted. Theirs are primarily the main votes that counted. It won't be until days later that these other votes are counted. Well, on this uh, site, that, this Axios site that I just said, there's actually an animated graphic. And it starts on November 3rd. It shows the map, and it's all red except for like three or four states, like New York, California, you know, some, a couple of uh, northeastern states, right? But it animates through November 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. And every single day, there are states that were red that turn blue as, as though here's the mail-in votes being counted. And as the mail-in votes get counted, the, the state changes from red to blue. So that, for example, on November 7th, right, right, November 3, 4, 5, 6, on the 7th, Florida goes from being red to blue, for example. But at any rate, you keep adding states, adding states, so that by the time you get to November 9th, uh, all of the southwest is blue, all of the upper midwest is blue, all of the eastern seaboard is blue, uh, Virginia's blue, uh, North Carolina's blue, Florida's blue, and, and Trump is won in a big election. So this is what is being told to the Democrat base. Don't worry about what this thing, this, this red mirage that you're going to see, because it's going to all work itself out in the next few days. So um, it, it's, really, it's really an amazing thing, because what's going to happen on top of this is there are groups that are going to organize to take to the streets during these days when the votes are being counted, when it apparently Trump has won, but the blue votes are being counted. This on Breitbart, and the headline is Soros-backed coalition preparing for post-election day chaos. We're going to fight like hell. Uh, here's the story under the guise of seeking to, quote, prevent a constitutional crisis, end quote. A massive network of well-funded left-wing activists, progressive groups, are training, organizing, and planning to mobilize millions of Americans should President Trump, quote, contest the election results, quote, refuse to concede or claim or, listen, claim early victory, right? Eighty advocacy groups have joined in a broad coalition that calls, calls itself Protect the Results. Now, down in this story... Uh, there is this paragraph that I think is very telling. Let me move down to it. 
Uh, it says, all right, move back up. Okay. On November 3rd, quote, on November 3rd, after you vote, get in the streets. Donald Trump must go and we must make it happen, end quote, reads a post tweeted in August by the far left shut down D.C., an organizing space partnering with Protect the Results, which plans to, quote, rise up to confront the Trump administration's attack on democracy, end quote. And it offers training sessions for coalition members to prepare to take, quote, direct action, meaning to take to the streets. So, uh, the Red Mirage, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, setting up for a quite chaotic few days or maybe even weeks uh, after November 3rd. You need to buckle in and be ready. Now that brings me to our last segment called Looping Curve. Looping Curve. We'll be back for that in just one minute. Okay, everybody, welcome back. It's uh, our final episode, Looping Curve. I'm telling you now, this chocolate cake bite I've noticed that they've updated the uh, the diet, though. It, it you can now you can now have one. You take one chocolate cake bite, and then you have one asparagus stalk a day. And uh, <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, looping curve. Obviously, the big news of the weekend was the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court justice, the anchor of the left, as she succumbs to her battle with cancer at the age of 87. Well, of course, that opens up a seat on the Supreme Court, and the battle has already begun because really much of the left strategy was to force, uh, was to challenge, challenge, challenge a lot of these things in court and move it up through the state courts and then eventually to the Supreme Court. Roberts, who's been leaning to the left, they're hoping to get some favorable uh, uh, rulings at the Supreme Court level now is four to four if if Roberts votes with the left. So it's a re- the game plan looping curve for those on the left. Meanwhile, Trump should do exactly what the Constitution requires him to do, and that is to attempt to fill this vacancy by nominating someone and letting the constitutional process take its its turn. And I would remind you of what Barack Obama said uh, when. Uh, in a similar situation in 2016, Barack Obama said, quote, when there is a vacancy on the Supreme Court of the United States, the president is to nominate someone. The Senate is to consider that nomination. There is no unwritten law that says it can only be done in off years. That's not in the constitutional text. That's Barack Obama, 2016. Here's, here's Joe Biden, 2016. I would go forward with the confirmation process. Remember the second election year, 2016. I would go forward with the confirmation process, even a few months before the presidential election, just as the Constitution requires. Well, of course, they've both flipped their viewpoint now. Okay, folks. Uh, hey, it's a time to pray, time to draw cl- close to the Lord, close to your friends and your family, and trust in the sovereign God, right? Everything's going to be okay. It's in His hands but it's a time to trust and prepare. God bless you guys, and we're going to see you back on Wednesday.